Um, I'm Priya Volchi. I'm Winona Guo. We're the co-founders of Choose and co-authors of Tell Me Who You Are. And this is Two Dope Teachers and a Mic. Yeah. Whatever day it is, like when you listen to this, uh, for us it's a Sunday morning. Sunday morning, Sunday easy, morning. like a Sunday morning. Because as it turns out, uh, trying to record on a holiday weekend, not the easiest thing to do. <laughs> Always a challenge. Especially on uh, on fish weekend. On right. fish, yes, yes. Right. And it was really, <laughs> it was wonderful. Yeah. Um, Hopefully, any of you people who had the chance, if, if you if you are in the know, you got to go. And it was a wonderful time. My daughter went to her first fish concert. Yes, talk about that. Monday night. And that was a really cool experience. I got to hear a song that I have been chasing forever. She got to hear it at her first show. So, oh, wow. you know, it, Wait, she so was... What does that mean? A song you've been chasing forever? Still, like, it's a, it's a song that I've wanted to hear, like, forever and i've i've never heard it well i that's not true i've heard one version of it but it was an acoustic version it wasn't like the authentic real one that i wanted and i finally got it last sunday night so Dude, is this, this is like after a like 150 of... concerts oh wow so so is this this is a song that's on the albums but you've never seen live well no it's not on an album but yeah i've oh. never seen it live. it's not on an album never never seen it live Oh, you know, wow. because that's the thing is like, so there's certain songs that pop up every once in a while. You know, the band has like probably a thousand songs, right? right. That they played throughout their career. They're like at 38 years right now, you okay. know? So like you, you want to hear certain songs, right? And so they'll play them in certain places. This is why we kind of travel because you never want to miss the show and you never know what's going to happen. It's right. very random, right? But uh, but but that happened at my daughter's first show. I got my first McGraw. Wow. Does she does she um, appreciate the moment? Yes, yes. She That's she good. really enjoyed it. She told me she was like, I get why you and your friends go and do what you do. She's like, she started. <laughs> she's. I think she understood a little bit more of who I am. You know what I mean? That's when dope, you share actually. those things with your kids, where yeah. they're like, Oh, I see now. I see it makes sense. <laughs> Well, because until now she's she's been little, she's been young, and yep. you yep. know, so there's there's things that that you're just into, and not not in like a bad way, but that are more just adult, and you don't think of you know involving them, and then they then they hit those high school years, and you're kind of like, oh no, wait, actually we can yeah. we can do this. So my my well, daughter, you and know, I, yeah, go ahead. Uh, she she just always she started to express an interest and I wasn't going to drag her along if she didn't want to go. Yeah. But what were you going to say about your daughter? I was just going to say that like she has takes on hip hop now where yes. like it used to just be whatever you listen to. I listen to. So she was like dragging common the other day. And I was like, uh, what? 
But then she like backed it up. She's like, I don't know. His style is kind of dry. I've like listened to his catalog and it, he hasn't done anything interesting in like three albums. And I'm like, oh, wow. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> That's a take. Wow. That's a, but wow. you know, they start developing those takes and we can actually have these conversations because my daughter's a lot like me that if she isn't the smartest person in the room about something next time she will be. <laughs> <You know? laughs> That's funny. I love so that. So we're like, you know, it's. That's it's what I love like, about you too. That's what I love about you. Too. <laughs> just like, there's, we're, we're like the same person, essentially, except I like no one to stop fighting um, relative. <laughs> well, relative <laughs> to my 16 year old, I do. You're like, I actually do. You're like, oh, okay. Although I think she's probably the more mature one out of the two of us. And so oh, that, that, you know, that, that happens. Thing. That makes that sense. Is. Well, that's that cool, sense. man. So she had been fo- so so your daughter had been following the music before. Like, had she had, was she a listener prior to this? No, like she okay. she she'd hear like little stuff that I would play, and then like she told me like she's like, oh, I was listening to Fish on Spotify, you know. It gradually and like, so what? like, <laughs> and now she but she was like, she can name some of the songs that she heard that night. She heard some that were new, you know, that she hadn't heard. But yep. I, I think she's, you know, de- developing a taste for it, developing a taste. No, nah, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. 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 It's so that's good, man. Well, if you have not already guessed, what are you doing? Like, you know where this podcast comes up. <laughs> like, that's right. It's, you just you stumbled know, in. You, you tapped on it. Like, <laughs> but just in case. And if you're new and if you were actually trying to listen to Code Switch and you ended up with us, you are here. We are two dope teachers and a mic. I am Gerardo Munoz. And I am Kevin Adams. And we, you know what we are, man? What? We are merely, merely two public school teachers in the city of Denver, aren't we? That's all. That's it. That's, That's it. That's all we are. That's, That's all it. we are. We're That's, I'm trying, trying to make a dollar out of 15 cents. That's right. We are just trying right? to make it out here in these education streets. And we are really happy to be with you. Yes. Kevin, this is, I think this is officially the kickoff to season six. That's what I thought. Season six. Here we season go. Season six. We there are we go. back six. by popular request. And against all odds, we are staying dope with you six. in your we've, feeds. We've made it six seasons and now a movie. That's, that's yeah, it. That's Those right. in the know, no. <laughs> Those who don't, don't know. That's right. That's right. (laughs) It's like I was listening to, uh, we talked about this, but uh, we were both listening to uh, The People's Party, right? Yes. Talib Kweli's podcast, and he had Yassine Bey on. Yes. And and Jasmine asks Yassine, so when's that album coming out? He's like, when it come out? That's right. (laughs) That's If you haven't heard that take, that's an important take on on streaming and fans and art. Just like, yeah. how, how do you do art? So I love it. Shout out to Yassi. Shout out. So if you ask us when our next episode's coming out, when it come it, out. When it comes out. That's right. And you know it's going to be fire. You know you'll enjoy it. And you know where you'll learn about it. You will learn about new episodes that drop. If you follow us on Instagram and Twitter, at 2 Teachers, Like us on Facebook, at 2 Teachers. If you want to email us, send us Grubhub cards um etc you can send those to tuto teachers at gmail.com yes. and if you want to help us keep the lights on um you can support us on patreon patreon.com slash two dope 
teachers. Yes. Yes. Shout out to all our patrons. We love y'all. We do. We do. We got two new ones. Uh, Shout out to Megan and Tim uh, jumping on board and investing. Um, It humbles us. We we appreciate people giving what they can. um, And uh, we hope you enjoy uh, the bonus content on there. So, um, so we're, we're back at work, bro. And I got, I got a text from you yesterday and I just got a shout out to you for being vulnerable. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, yo, I feel like I haven't seen you in a while. I'm like, dang, I haven't seen you in a while either. And you're like, I'm missing you. I'm like, I'm missing you too. But yeah, it's wild. It's wild. It's so wild. It's so wild because we inhabit the same like building. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. Like, it's we... like you're just right down the right down the hall upstairs from me. Yeah, but it's just like I don't know. We we're just so busy. You jump back in, and yeah. then you know, like it hits, and and it just like you forget to. You don't have the chance to touch base with your peoples like you need. No, to. it's true, and it's even worse because I'm supposed to be supporting you. <laughs> Well, no, you come in like I've seen you. Like, right. like, I feel like we haven't had the chance to sit down no, and talk. Like whenever, like you come in, you know, there's just other stuff. I have a teacher candidate this year, and, and shout do. out to to Lexi. But but you know, it just like we don't have the time to just sit and chat. You know, no, and my true. schedule my schedule is very interesting, given the way our our school day is. It's like yes. it moves very fast, and it's nice. I've got nice planning time. But like it, I have to use it effectively, efficiently, right? Yeah. Or else I'm going to be behind. Uh, I think that's really great that you're still trying to use planning time effectively. <laughs> I feel like I gave that up a long time ago. Like I have too much anxiety to do it, right? <laughs> you're like, it's <laughs> but cool. No, but you're right. Like you and I had, I think, the same experience in that first week where we both thought we had lunch. And then we, uh, no, actually middle, your middle schoolers have lunch, but you have high school lunch. You have a class right now. Like I was literally starting to leave my room and I have like high schoolers showing up. I'm like, yeah. Oh, right. Yes. Class time. (laughs) Let me, (laughs) Hey, why is my slide deck not up anymore? That's weird. I could have sworn. I knew that you were coming. (laughs) That's that's like that. That is like the interesting thing, you know, like how we've kind of shifted and it's, it's, you know, but I think that's the beginning of every school year, learning a new schedule, you know, yeah. because if you're you're lucky like us, you're in a school that shifts the schedule every year for some reason. <laughs> Don't know why that's a thing well, in education. What's going to be great is if we're ever teaching <laughs> in other schools, do. there's like no schedule we're not ready for. Like we'll, we'll like, we'll be ready right. no matter what kind of schedule gets thrown at us. Yeah, no, that's right. And, um, and, and like, I have had such a hard time following our bell schedule that I literally put calendar items in my phone. Like, <laughs> like, I'll tell you, like, let me, let me pull up my calendar right now. So like, um, so tomorrow, um, I have advisement from 1059 to 1145. And then, although I think it's 1143. Uh, yes. I'm yeah, it is. it is. And then I've got class from 11:49 to 12:39. So I so I have it like it, it's literally <laughs> you got it in there really. times because I'm just not going to I'm just not going to be able to keep up and I will have no idea where I'm supposed to be. <laughs> and then by the time my 8th grade advisement gets done with me, I don't even know where I was. <laughs> those 8th grade those 8th graders are bringing the energy. They're they are the energy. really bringing it. You can tell that they've really on some level of really miss being around other people and yes. 
you know, missed being able to, even though they're not supposed to, being able to like walk over and like talk to people and that kind of thing. And so we, we got a little bit of um, culture setting to do this week, just because I think that the combination of, so that, so there's great energy among some of them, yep. but it's like annoying other ones, like a lot. Yep, so yep, it's yep. like, okay, so how do we work this stuff out so that everyone's getting a little bit of what they need? Like, you know, so it, it's a yeah. thing. That's, that's, it. that's the tough part, you know, like I think, and we'll talk more about this, uh, this episode, but like, I right. think, how do we adjust to, to being back with the kids, to us being back, you know, uh, doing it like for real the whole way through, like, whereas last year, you know, a lot of it, we're, there was a lot of stuff that we, you know, our day was different. Our schedule, yeah. the amount of time we were spending with kids was different. All and just the nature pieces. of the interactions with kids and with each other was different. Yeah. Like thinking about <laughs> like how the, the, the year evolved, right. You know, starting yeah. out just online. Right. And then having kids back with you hybrid, you know, you tell people about it, looking back at it, like it, and people are like, well, how was it? How was it teaching? I, you know, um, saw some former students and they were like, how was it teaching online? And I was like, uh, it was interesting. It was yeah, it interesting. Was, I don't know was, how we got through it. It was teaching online. Yeah. And it's interesting because I think that the, the stressors were different. Like, you know, uh, when you're online, you're staring at the screen constantly and it, and it, you know, and it was hard to know what was really even happening with students. You know, you had to kind of come up with ways to kind of track their engagement and that kind of stuff. Um, but you didn't really have, you didn't, you didn't have the, the chaos of a whole bunch of kids in one space. And, you know, that you forget that that's like a thing that when they're all together, but yeah, we're going to get to that in just a little bit. Um, so we, we're going to talk a little bit about being back to school. Uh, we're going to talk a little, we're going to touch on what some teachers have shared with us about kind of, you know, struggling to find the groove um, in yep. these first few weeks of school. And, you know, just, we're here to tell you that that's to be expected. I think, I think that's something that a lot of folks are experiencing right now. So we're going to talk a little bit in how we might be able to find it. We're going to talk about this little thing that is happening where we feel, and we don't know if y'all feel it, but we yep. feel that there's this tension between this back to normal um, momentum that's starting to gather versus um, previous commitments we had to never go back yep. to the way things were. So, so that's that's what we got on tap today, um, and we're gonna we're gonna hustle in here and we're gonna do our thing. Yes. So back to school we got back to school night this week too back to school night I, mean, I like the way it's set up you know and i told the kids i was like there'll be tacos and their first question are like mr will they be good tacos right and i'm like that's yes. a legit question I, legit I, question i'm like i knowing our community i don't think they're gonna be bad tacos i feel like they're gonna be solid tacos and you know what they were asking they're like are they gonna be like crispy tacos are they like those lame tacos that come <laughs> come from that alleged quote-unquote fast food mexican restaurant <laughs> but uh, i'm not sure which one you're talking about you're not sure okay we'll, we'll, let, really we'll, keep track. we'll let it be we'll let it I be definitely i definitely don't go there in moments of weakness and hunger but <laughs> um, of weakness 
when I can't yeah. figure I mean, out what I don't to do view for lunch. I don't view those as Mexican food. That I think that's how I get myself off the hook with it. They're like, well, that's not real Mexican food. Like, like, I never said Mexican it was. Food. It's just food. It's it's like <laughs> it's it's our guy. Um uh oh, we can we can share this. Um, so Bill, the guy who did your uh AP training, he yes, would yes. refer to like so he would use Taco Bell to teach cultural syncretism. And okay. he would say, so Taco Bell isn't Mexican food, but what it is, it's is it's it's like it's like a product that has a patina of Mexican foodness, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's American food. That's what he said. American food with a patina of like Mexican foodness. <laughs> that's pretty, um, that's a pretty say, solid description. I will say that um, Taqueria Mi Pueblo over on uh, over on North Federal yes. um, has some has some amazing tacos dorados. These are the crispy tacos, but made the right way. Right way. Uh, yes. So good. But our food is actually coming from a restaurant owned by a family of our of some alums. That that's have. that's that's what um, we need. That's what we so need. Go check out. Go go check out Amigos Kitchen if you're in Denver or if you're not in Denver, fly out. Fly out, yeah. Fly out and what are you waiting Amigos for? Kitchen, Why really are you not exactly, in Denver? You need a reason to come to Denver. Um, and the clean air is not one of those reasons. <laughs> um, but come and have that. Yeah, no, the tacos are good. Um, the ice cream, courtesy of your boy. Yes, um, yes, you're hooking it up. Too. Bluebell it, is providing ice cream for us for the whole community um, because of me getting teacher of the year. There we last go. Year. They're giving back, giving back yeah. in the most important way. And I think we're going to get a book that's the history of Bluebell ice cream, too. Oh, there we go. That's important. <laughs> the library, too. I'm like, well, OK, <laughs> we'll take it. We'll you got to get the brand out there. But yes, yeah, we'll so we got it. back to school night this week, this coming week. Um, what what are you what are your thoughts on uh, back to school night in general I, and and like in in your own kind of teaching? So in general, back to school night, like at times feels forced right like when it, when it's like this speed round table of going through the student schedule you have six minutes in each yeah. class and if, inevitably like what you realize after time is like do you, like give your spiel introduce yourself let the people know and then have them let them ask you questions right, right. or and then ask them questions but i think you know most parents is especially middle school parents they just want to know that like their teacher, their, their, their child's teacher is somebody who's like loving, caring, you know, that they can get a hold of that, you know, that you're friendly, but also that you're going to be legit, that you're going to be a good teacher. Because I think a lot of times some parents, you know, when they come in back to school night, they've had negative experience. We always talk about this. When you come to the school, you, you, as a, maybe as a student, you've had negative experiences, I know some parents we react negatively to. Um, so it's always interesting. But I also <laughs> love it just to see the parents, right? Because, you know, yeah. to see the kid and then you meet the parents, it's always fascinating. It's always yeah. fascinating and cool. And a little more insight into who these kids are and the hopes and dreams of the parents. Yeah, I think, yeah, I agree with you um, on, on most of those points. Like, I think that for me, I like to be able to place my students in a context, like, uh, you know, that they're not just these, these brains on sticks that float into your classroom 
and you know dispense the 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 content of their brains into whatever digital or paper receptacle you've provided for them and then they leave like like i like to know who your parents are i like to know if you have older or younger siblings I, i'd like to know how it sounds when they laugh or when they ask a question and i like i just like to know that stuff because yeah. i think that as as teachers we are uh community leaders we are with you know we are getting sort of windows into our community um the more people we meet so i always look forward to it i'm always dead dog tired by the end of back to school night because to your point the rapid fire like um, presentation. I think I'm just, you know, what I'm going to do, bro. I think I'm just going to make a slideshow that like, that kind of goes through like things for, for my classes. And then I'm going to have chalk talk for questions. And well, then remember, we, but hold on. I don't know if you know this, but this year it's going to be different. I think I read it. I didn't it's read gonna the be email. Different. We don't, we don't even have to worry. It's just like, and this is what I love. Like what we've set up is it's like I'm just so a space to this. hang out to yeah. kick it and talk like we aren't even going to be in our rooms. So you don't worry oh. about a slideshow. You get to just chop it up. Bruh, you just, it, this is great. And I know our principal listens. And so I'm going to be, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm exposed it's all right. for you've not got a lot. You've got a lot going on. You've I do, got a, I do. You've got a little bit going on a little bit. No, it's wild. Yeah. So, so well, that, that'll be, that'll be better. I'd like, but I know I'm going to be really tired. Like, yes, yes, we will be tired. On top of that, like I have evening things every night this week. Oh like, man, I've tell, got... so tell the people about why you got evening things. Yeah, man. So um, big news. The, if you yeah, if if you know me a little bit and you follow if and, and we're friends on Facebook or whatever, you probably remember me talking about graduate school. Well, tomorrow, which for you, I don't know when it is because I don't know when you're listening to this. Um, Monday, September 13th, I begin my doctoral program at the University of Day one. Yeah, it's a trip. And so I'm taking, I'm taking like nine credits and like doing three classes and, uh, and my Monday class is four credits and it's three plus hours. So I'll have that. I'll get, I'll get home maybe in time for the nightly news. Um, and then I'll teach and then back to school night and then teach and then class. And then um, Thursday and Friday, um, I won't actually be at work because we're going to be interviewing 2022 teacher of the year candidates. And there so, we go. There we go. So that's going to be exciting. Um, it's going to be busy. It's going to be busy, but I'm, I am really excited. Um, I think that there's a lot of people who started doctoral work a lot earlier than I am. But I feel like I have a really clear sense after 22 years what matters to me in education and what I really want to dig down and really become educated about and, you know, well read about and learn how to research it and all that kind of stuff. So um, I'm nervous. I don't think I'll have a whole lot of time for much (laughs) um, beyond all of it. Um, but, uh, but I, I am also really excited cause I, cause you know me, man, I like to, I like to dig down into things. I like to, like, there's never enough time to talk to me. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Cause yeah. I always have, I always want to go further and further with it. Um, so yeah, that's that's a thing, and um, I'm hoping I can get done before my funding's done. <laughs> that's that's so, the that's key. That's key. Critical. So it's going to be a lot of that stuff, but I think that's I think that's one thing, and and this will probably lead a little bit 
you know, we'll, we'll, we'll come back to this, this uh, concept, I think, you know, towards the end of the show, but it kind of does when, when, when you're coming out of the type of historical moment that we're attempting to come out of, I don't, we're not even out of yeah, it. Like, yeah. So we yeah. got, we got, we got Delta, we got, we got Texan parents wiling out and pulling masks off of people. Like it, it's like, it, it's wild out there. It's it wild is. in the, it is. it's wild in these COVID streets, you know? It really and, is. Um, you know, but I think that, you know, you and I talked a lot in the last year about just sort of what this work means for us and what we're thinking about in the wake of everything, you know? And I think for me doing this, doing this doctoral work is really important in the sense that, that I, I do need to really decide where I want my long-term impact in education to be like, I'm always going to be an educator, That's like right. whether, whether I stay, a classroom teacher for the next like whatever years it is before I can retire or whether I decide to do something else I'm always going to be an educator and I see myself always you know valuing the act of teaching um but after the last year I just have to really think about what I'm going to do with this one life you know we all have yep. to think about that like where are we where do we want to have the most impact and you know shout out to my people who look at this and say, this means I need to have even more of an impact in the lives of my students and their families. And yo, that's dope. Um, and I'm excited to, um, to attain a little bit of a sense of clarity around that for myself, you know? Yeah, no, I think so important, you know, that, that, that idea that, that we are educators, but it's like, what does that mean for me? Right. And, and, right. I, and educators have multiple paths. Um, Shout out to Uncle John. I went to his memorial on uh, Thursday. And, he, you know, in, in addition to being a veteran of, of World War II, uh, John was an educator for 40 years in the Denver Public Schools, taught, uh, began at Rischel Middle School and taught primarily at our, our, our beloved neighbor school, uh, West High School. West High School. Wow. Yeah. And so like, and was at West High School throughout integration, you know, busing, all of that stuff. So like, was really a great guy. But again, yeah. it gives you that perspective. And and after he retired from being an educator, you know, but he was still an educator. He became a, a Colorado swim and dive official. Okay. Right. So he, he officiated swimming and diving um, meets was a referee, you know, but was, was like, everybody said he was fair. Right. Yeah. And so still continuing to teach people in a different way, helping yeah. them, you know, but had passion was a traveler. But yeah. I think that it goes back to like, you're saying, what is our path in education? Like, are we, are we meant to be 40 year classroom teachers right. or do we have different other paths that we can take? that are going to be just as impactful. Yeah. And you and I, we, we've talked a little bit about what sort of possibilities lie outside of the classroom and outside of school buildings. And, and you know, even if we do decide to be 40 year classroom teachers, I, I think you have to go into that decision with your eyes wide open saying that, you know, I looked at other things, the other things just don't seem as important as what I'm doing right now. And so this feels right. 
Um, just like we have to be honest with ourselves when it when it feels wrong. And so shout out to Uncle John. That's that's a ama- that's an amazing story. And, you know, I think about referees, especially like, you know, we like to lambast refs. Um, yep. And we and, you know, professional refs like whatever, like, you know, I can get mad at you. Um, but that's, yeah, yeah. But like youth refs, I think like that's such important work because you're not just enforcing the rules, you're teaching the game and, you know, the understanding that every interaction you have in the field of competition is, um, you know, it's it's teaching. And the more humane and fair you are, the more you realize the value of humanity and fairness. Um, do you know the book uh, More Than Just a Game? It, it's uh, yeah. there's I feel like there's a thousand books like with this name. Do I reference this book a lot? You've talked to me about it. It's it's a book. It's about soccer, right? Yeah, it's about soccer. It's in um, it. it it's the Makana Football Federation that was established at Robben Island uh, during yeah. apartheid. Yeah. And, um, you know, one of the things they knew they needed to do was have the league run properly. Like they were like, we, we don't just want to play soccer. We want these uh, political prisoners to learn about organizing, learn about navigating rules and guidelines and learn about fairness and all these kinds of things. Because if you are a black person in South Africa during that time, you had no exposure to like fairness outside yep. of your own home and community. And, um, and so Sedek Isaacs, who's like my new um, organizing activist, like idol, you know, didn't even like soccer, um, but knew that it had power because everybody wanted to play it. He knew it was really important to get referees. And so he had a group of um, of inmates organized as referees and, you know, how important that was for it. So I always think about that, about, you know, the the power of, you know, modeling and teaching fair and just, you know, methods and ways. Um, so uh, rest in power, um, Uncle John, uh, definitely the the world has a little bit less uh teaching power without you in it yes yes definitely. i'm also really glad i didn't give you a hard time for being out on thursday because um, i went because i went looking for you and i'm like you know what i should not be sarcastic like i, I knew you i knew you would it's all right you know he <laughs> i know i know i know how it goes i knew in that meeting you were like wait a minute where is this fool I know. I know. Cause I get, I, I mean, real talk, I, you know, you know, it's love. I get lonely without you. That's right. That's what you can't, you show up to school and your buddy's not there. You're like, come on, man, like, this is wrong. Why do you hate me? You hate me You're so like, much. You didn't why? Come to work why today. did you tell me? I wouldn't have yeah. come either. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it's interesting, you know, coming back into, um, you know, this, uh, the school game, like so much of it feels, um, just like it always does, like exhausting. You're still getting to know students. You're still building classroom culture. I'm realizing I should not be complaining about like how hard I'm working right now because I literally have three classes. Um. <laughs> it still feels like it. I know like yeah, all the parts of your work. job that you mm-hmm. have and those additional commitments, like like even though it's three classes, it's still like you, you've got other places you got to go. Like you have to set a schedule. You got to build this routine. You know, meetings. Oh my gosh. <laughs> meetings, meetings, meetings. I know that's been my whole thing. Like, okay, I love, you know me, man, I'm an extrovert. I love being around people. Um, yep. But also I, I know that I'm 45 years old. Um, I'll be 46 in January. I don't have that many years left on this earth. I don't want to spend 
too many of those years in meetings. <laughs> no, know? no. I've been and in so a for lot me, of it's them. like, how do I have conversations with people saying that, you know, meeting all the time is not really been, I don't find it all that useful. Like I find it more useful to just catch you when I need something or when I have a question and letting you catch me when you have a question kind of moving from there. Cause that can be kind of tough, but that, you know, it, it's, it's part of the game. It's part, part of the game. Collaboration can be a powerful thing. It is. You know. It is always is, but it, it's, you know, I think that's the interesting thing to come back to and, you know, as teachers of color, but I think this is all workers of color that I heard throughout COVID, you know, not having to be in these predominantly white spaces yeah. was, was yeah. very, it was, it felt really good at times. Yeah. Right. And yeah. now, you know, shout out, love all my colleagues, love our it, colleagues, you know, you go back into these predominantly white spaces and you're like, Oh, Oh, that's that feeling. Right. That's that feeling yeah. that, that um, I had forgotten about. I mean, and, and for me, whiteness is everywhere and i'm not even i'm not even talking about the people like yeah actually like have had because because i'm functioning in a teacher leader like position right now i like i feel like i should probably you know build or in some cases rebuild relationships with yep. people yep. That, yep. that we work with and i'm finding that the people in our build i love talking to the people in our building i love seeing what they're doing i love learning about their perspectives on education for for one of my grad school classes I'm reading the book. It's David Hansen's book, Reimagining the Call to Teach. And yes. it's a witness to teachers and teaching. And what Hansen points out is that there's no teacher path that's identical. Like we're all individuals. We're all unique people. Even if we have similar interests or personalities, even if we're being evaluated in the same system, we, we still approach and adapt and react to the things that happen around us differently. So, you know, I'm starting to really value the teachers in our building as individuals where in some, in the past, sometimes it felt like they just represented things to me. Yeah. Um, and they, and they still do. I think like, I think, you know, you and I have both been navigating a, an overwhelmingly white profession for a really long time, but I think I'm able to, within the context of that still humanized now that I'm kind of doing this. And so, so it's not that it's, it's not that it's always just the people like, everything about a school has whiteness. The walls right. have whiteness. Right. The hallways have whiteness. The, the way that classrooms are set up and the That's type right. of furniture is all about whiteness, you know? And so, so it's hard for me. Like, so that's a new thing I'm kind of thinking about is like the actual school building as an instrument of whiteness. It doesn't even, that, that is, that it doesn't even care who's in it. Right. That's right. And it, and so that's one thing that's been really interesting for me. So trying to reflect on that, just feeling it. But but yeah, we've talked about that a lot. Like we talked about how, you know, we have students of color who, you know, we had one, we had one uh, student who unfortunately transferred to another school. I was really sad to learn about that. But what this student told me was, it's so wild to be back in person because the last year and a half, I was just living my life. I was like going to school mostly like online. I had a job. I had things that I was doing, like it felt more like I was living an actual life and not just like all my life happening in this space. And so it's like, it's just wild to be back. And I wonder how many of our students feel that way. Like they had to build another type of existence over the last year and a half. And maybe that was positive. Maybe it was negative. Maybe it was healthy. Maybe it wasn't, but they lived a different life over the last 18 months. And now they're back. 
Yeah. I, I mean, I think that's that, that, I think that gets us to like one of our topics, you know, like how do we, what, what do we, what is the new path? Right. And I think we yeah. talked about committing to doing something different. Right. And so like, to your point, that student experienced some liberation, right. And, and finding their own ways and choosing yeah, their how case, they were going to yeah. engage with their life, you know, in, in a lot of ways that just doesn't exist in a typical school day or in the normal traditional school day that just dictates how every moment of that time is spent for those students. And then ever so often, or even more often dictating the time outside of school for them. Right. Yeah. I was just going to say that. And not only, not only is managing all their daylight hours, like something that we do as a school, we also attempt to fill their non-school hours with other things, you know, namely homework. But yeah, we're, we're going to take a really quick break, but we are going to come back to this question of what it means to come back to quote unquote normal. Um, and we're going to talk about ways that some of us may have lost our groove and um, some ideas to find it. So stay with us on Two Dope Teachers and uh, Mike. Hello, listener. If you've made it this far into the episode, perhaps you are enjoying this remix conversation about power, culture, and education. And if that's the case, please consider joining others like you, educators, community leaders, activists, scholars, artists, and youth by supporting the Two Dope Teachers and a Mic podcast and productions on Patreon. For as little as $5 a month, you can get on-air shout-outs, sneak previews, and early released episodes, insider information on the happenings in Two Dope Nations, and many other small benefits. The greatest benefit, though, is you enable us to keep bringing the fire. Because of people like you, we have expanded to two podcasts with the exit interview taking flight and forcing hard conversations about attacks on black educators. And we've added new features, including episode transcripts and a revamped website, all because of listeners like you. But that's just the beginning. Your support will open up new possibilities for us and for the communities we represent and advocate for. And at the $15 per month level, you receive a sticker. Yes, folks, a sticker. To support the podcast, head over to patreon.com slash two dope teachers. That's patreon.com slash two dope teachers. Hey, what's up, people? We are back. We are back. He is Kev. I'm Hera. We are two dope teachers and a mic. I, and before we went to yes. break, what'd you say? <laughs> uh, go ahead. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, we have to have one of those every episode. Like people will miss it if we don't. Um, That's yeah, right. before, before we went on break, uh, we were starting to get into these ideas of what this adjustment of coming back to in-person schooling has been for us and in our community and um, how to take the first step towards uh, recovering that lost groove. So, so let's talk about it, man. Start us off. Well, I was just thinking, you know, like the most common thing is we've walked around our building is, you know, checking in with colleagues, asking, you know, how the first week went, second week, third week now done, moving into the uh, fourth week, first month, 
you know, like one of the things that I keep hearing over and over is I just feel like I, I don't have my groove, right? I feel like it's it's just not yep. like it like it was. It's not coming together. And and I think I've experienced some of that where it's like, this doesn't feel like like normally like it would, where it's like, okay, yeah, yeah I'm in the role, I'm in the groove. We're, you know, we're we're moving in this direction. And I'm not saying we're not moving in a direction. But it's right. been, a, it, it's felt up and down for me, like a roller coaster. It's different. It's different. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think you're right. And, you know, this is something that um, we've also heard a lot on our, on our social media platforms. People just feel that they're not feeling it. They're, they don't feel like they're in a rhythm yet. Some are extremely scared and, um, and anxious about what this year brings because, Unlike our district, which has a mask mandate um, yes. and where there's a vaccination mandate as well for anyone working with kids, um, not all states have had that foresight or that commitment to the safety of their students, staff and communities that ours have. So, you know, it gets compounded when you start looking at the external factors. But but there's just a, a general feeling of malaise that some people are really uh, communicating. Um, you know, for you, you're teaching a new class. Like you're teaching a class that you've never taught before that has a lot of pressure that can be associated with, doesn't have to be, um, but they can be associated with it. So do you think how how much of it is just being back in a, in a COVID year or um, versus the, the content that you're teaching? Well, I feel like that's, that's a double whammy, bro. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I think coming back in the COVID year, there's all of that stuff. And there's a certain amount of acceptance of that I have of like, okay, this is going to be a messed up thing. It's going to be hard. It's going to happen. <laughs> this is going to be odd. You know, yeah. we're going to get back to mask, you know, and just thinking about looking at the numbers and where we, and whenever they're like, well, last year at this time, we were lower. You know? Yeah, and like, <laughs> we didn't have as many COVID like, cases and we were all, closed. <laughs> a lot of the rules have gone away and things that we were like, we'll never do. Like we're yeah. back. Like, and like you said, it's like, what is the extent like my kids sometimes they want to group together in in groups of like five or six at a desk right so it's like how do i deal with that how do i make sure at a table you know not a desk that'd be a lot of a desk but at a table and i'm like you guys that's not safe we all know what you like we all know what you don't need to be like that so there's that part of it but then like i think the biggest shift the content I'm rolling with, right? I, I get that. There's still some questions, yeah. you know, but I think the shift from high They're school, middle ready. school to high school, right? Yeah. How do how do I really engage high schoolers, 10th graders versus how do I engage sixth graders yeah. is always an interesting thing for me. Um, but I think, so that's part of the groove too. It's yeah. like shifting from back and forth and what's going to meet their needs you know, I'm, I'm enjoying having new content um, and I feel like the pressure, I've talked to you about it, like how do I motivate my kids to uh, work work faster, work harder, you know, right. and, and not maintain this white supremacist culture of like, yeah. it's all about productivity. But like, like there is a point with that AP class that they got to just, they got to be willing to jump on. Like they do, yep. like, they you, do. like you have to, that's where we're headed. And so like, I'm trying to find this balance of like, what is the proper push yeah. for those, and for, I have for a lot those of, kids? 
I have a lot of confidence in you that you'll be able to solve that in ways that I couldn't. Like, I think that, I think for me, I get tied up ideologically and sometimes lose, lose sight of like how I can like reconcile things. And maybe, maybe it's just because I've become such a black and white thinker <laughs> that I'm kind of like, well, this is wrong. So I'm not going to do it, but it, it's more, when it comes to AP, it, it is actually more nuanced. So um, uh, Matt Bush, if you're listening, um, we, we're going to hear you scream from where you're sitting, but um, you know, I think that rightly or wrongly AP provide, you know, success in an AP class can provide access for kids who might not, not otherwise have it. Um you know, and so I think there is that thing to kind of like try to negotiate. And, and I think I think in a lot of ways, what you're negotiating content wise and test wise and deadline wise and accountability wise with AP is actually a lot like what we have to negotiate with COVID with particularly yep. with the younger students. Like I haven't had a problem with older students. Um, I think the older students that I have um, probably from like juniors and seniors, I would say, have have more of a sense that COVID is a clear and present danger yep. and that they have to be really careful in what they do. And so you can see a lot of hesitancy um, to move around the room, to talk to each other and do that kind of stuff. The younger ones, I think, don't always have that perspective. And yep. so then what's happening that I think is a challenge for me is in the past, if kids were kind of laughing and gathering at the same table and kind of socializing. It didn't, I was like, you know, it's advisement. I'll, I'll roll with it. Like yep. I, it's fine, whatever. I will, I will adapt my expectation based on who they are and what they appear to need right now. But then when it feels like that stuff is in violation of like safety protocols and literally puts them in a safe place where they're unsafe, that's where my stress like really starts to spike. Like yep. I'm not the kind of person that's going to tell a kid to take off their hat in a building, right? If that's like the rule and I'm not going to have a big protracted, you know, dispute with a kid over a cell phone because those two things I do not view as life or death issues, that's right. but uncovering your nose with your mask, messing with your mask all the time. Like to me, that feels like life and death. And I have to figure out a way to approach it in a way that feels like I'm trying to be a protector and not like I'm trying to be a cop. A police. Yeah. yeah no, and that, that is a police. The- and we, you and I called this, bro. We called this. We knew it. We're like, I- how are people going to react when it came to masking with kids? And I would be lying to you if I said that every reaction I had to a kid uh, not wearing their mask right was, was correct or supportive. Yeah, no, I, I, it's a hard thing. And, and it's become the new mas- mantra, you know, with with my sixth graders and even some of my 10th graders mask up over your nose, over your yeah. nose. Can you please pull your mask up? You know, and, and I think, you know, some of the kids, they get it. Sometimes it's slipping down. Sometimes I've seen them just be like, yeah, I'm taking the mask down. Well, as it turns <laughs> out, it's like really hard to talk when you have this mask on your face. It, like mine moves around constantly. <laughs> and so I have to like do this thing to kind of get it like into place. No, it's yeah. So, so that's bad. real. That's it's real. so bad, you know? And, and, and of course, especially with my little sixth graders who can be a little quiet sometimes when they don't. Oh, man. So like, Speak up, speak up. Like, I feel like that's the other thing. Speak up. And then me come and say it again. Say it again. Me. Okay, got you. No, I got to repeat it for everybody else. I was talking about this with with my spouse who who recently um, left her teaching position. Um, And, uh, but she talked about like what it was like with um, four-year-olds 
bolts. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> her masks, but then she'll also flip it. She'll because because I'm I'm compassionate. I'm like I know it's hard to breathe with this mask on. Yeah, it's hard. You have yep, to have it yep. on like all day. And her kind of her kind of response is that, well, I got four-year-olds to wear a mask all day. Like, I feel like 15-year-olds can wear a mask all day, you know? And, and, and I think that's valid, but, but like four-year-olds with their little tiny voices and in a lot of cases, their speech is still yep, yep, developing. developing. <laughs> so yep, it's like yep. really hard to understand. You're like, I don't know, especially when they get on their stories. <laughs> oh man, I know. I mean, the good thing is you probably don't have to remember these stories because <laughs> yeah, the minute no. they tell them, they forgot that they told you. <laughs> you, like, you can be like, oh, wow. Is that right? That's exciting. Man, that's, that's the four-year-old that's stories story. are really exciting. They are. There's a lot to them. <laughs> Sometimes you're like, I'm confused. Where are we going with this? I remember I had a kid um, years ago. He saw a uh, soccer movie that really excited and inspired <laughs> him. And you know how sixth graders aren't always that good at like summarizing in the yes, yes, like, yes, I think yes. I think he recapped the entire Fire movie, movie. Um, during office hours. <laughs> you're like, cool. And, cool. and it's one of those things where I'm like, oh, this isn't over yet. Okay. And, oh, <laughs> still going cool well, now now i don't have to see the movie <laughs> but yeah i know and that's hard for me too because i realize how much i rely on being able to see a person's mouth moving yeah yeah um, yeah to understand what they're saying and so i've just caught that to my students i've been like i'm really sorry it's just really hard for me to like know what is being said if i can't see your mouth and so would you mind telling me that again? I'm so sorry. You know, I yep. try to, because I don't want kids to come out with a complex about whether they're speaking loudly enough, no, you know? No, and, no. um, Oh man, it's like, there's the so much I, to it. There's so, and then much there's so much it. more noise that it's even harder to like understand. <laughs> well, cause it's hot. It's, it's yeah. so hot, man. And not, but, not the, not the kind of heat that you and I just naturally bring, no. but the heat from being in a building when it's 95 degrees outside. That's wild. That's right. That's right, man. So, so in terms of like not feeling like, so on a scale of one to 10, one feeling like you have no groove whatsoever, whatsoever. And 10 being Stella. Um, Got it all the way back. That's right. Um, where are you in, in your relationship? With I'd your say like, I, I think I'm hovering between like a six and a seven, right? Okay. Now, you know, like I, I think I'm six and a seven as things start to, and like I said, up and down, up and down. What about you? Where would you say? Well, so for me, it kind of depends on what area you're talking about. Like, yeah. so, but I think if I was to aggregate all of it, I would say I'm, <laughs> probably at a four <laughs> like, four, and that's taking into account the fact that my my community organizing students and my ethnic studies students like I feel like I'm at about an eight or a nine in those two classes it makes me feel like but I, I start to think about like the 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 premier league season right where the premier league season is 38 weeks long and so when you when you are not playing well early, you kind of say, oh, well, I'm not in mid-season form yet, right? Yep, I'm not yep. in mid-season form. So I'm definitely not in mid-season form at this point. Um, and I don't, I don't know that I'm going to be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, <laughs> that's, that's a question. That's a question. You know, it's like, so what where, has gotten you to, oh, go ahead. No, no. Like where, where will I be? And what, what am I going to get to? But, uh, 
that that and that what's May tire gonna look like? Like yeah. I'm I'm very nervous about what May exhaustion is gonna look like. Um, but you know, to a certain extent, I do feel like I always feel this tired at the beginning of the school year. Like yep. I'm not used to it. I've been home. I've been sleeping and resting and sometimes bathing whenever I felt like it. And um, that's right. All those kinds of things. But so six or seven is not a bad place to be, I would argue. So what is it that has allowed you to be at a relatively good spot? Like not definitely not where you want to be, but definitely not like at a one or a two. You know, I think I think it's it's grace with myself being willing to accept that it's not going to be perfect. Yeah. Right. I think that having my sense of humor about it all, like that's the nature of it. You know, that like the ups and downs are going to happen. There's going to be moments where the technology is going to go, go out the window. You know, like the other thing is now we're a one-to-one school. So it's like, how do I balance using that technology? Uh, You know, because the beauty of one-to-one means that the kids have access to technology, but it also means they have access to all sorts of cool, fun games on the computers from snake to like space invaders, all of this simple stuff that's that I don't know. Cool math games is blocked, but other stuff (laughs) is not blocked. But, uh, and if you're a middle school teacher, you know exactly what cool math games is. Yeah. Um, but, (laughs) but, but it's so it's like, how do we balance that? How do we really build it? How do we set expectations? How do I make kids? And also like accepting that the kids, like this is kind of how they rolled last year. Right. That's right. How I know exactly what was happening yeah, when I was talking <laughs> so true. Boy, I didn't even think of it. That I'm way. like, oh, you're playing Snake. I, I when, get it. When you that know? one kid like was still on the Google Meet after class ended, it's because they weren't paying attention. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they, you know, it's it's like I I think being accepting of it all, and that like we are in this kind of space where it's like, well, and I'm I'm gonna tell you. Like 16 years in my career, if this is like a veteran move, I don't really care anymore. Like I know what I do that kids like. Kids are already telling mm. me, oh, I love this class. I would oh. coming in, doing that thing. Can I stay here? Can I come back to your class? Yeah. Right. Which which tells me I'm creating an environment where they feel invited to be themselves. Is it a little hectic sometimes? Yeah. I got sixth graders who like the last time you could look at their picture they were last time they were really in school fourth maybe grade. in fourth grade sometimes earlier like yeah. there are some straight little kids on like yes. <laughs> on infinite campus no and i think that's the other thing that 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 time warp that we're all kind of like living in like i have i have two eighth graders in my advisement who before this school year had never set foot in a middle school like they were both in one was in another district and one was in a Montessori program. Yep. And so in both programs, sixth grade stays in elementary school. Yep. And then they stayed full remote in seventh grade. And then eighth grade was when they came back in person. And so I remember like in that first week when we were doing student connections, when we got that kind of open recess where yep. students could just go and be outside and yes, be with each other. Yes, yes. I remember one of the students asking me so what do people do right now? Like, 
do people just walk around? I was like, I mean, yeah, I guess. But it's so interesting because it's a new middle schooler, didn't know how to open their locker, like new middle schooler. um, And they have this year in middle school and then it's high school. So it's really fascinating to see that kind of disruption. And it's just, in, in a way it's good because I think you can start resetting and re and teaching new ways to approach things. Right. So there are eighth graders who are just jaded and, you know, it's really hard to get them to, to have faith in the positive aspects of education. Yeah. But then you have these students who are coming out of an elementary environment and for them, like you can say, no, actually what we should be doing is this and we should be engaging ourselves this way. And here's how you actually build community because in-person community was disrupted and that kind of thing. But I'm glad you're saying that because I have no like patience right now for all of the games in my eighth grade advisement. But, but what you say is really important. Like how do you balance, you know, their kind of focus on what they're supposed to be doing with the 18 months that they just lived through. Yep. Like, I think that's such an important question. So for you, it's being a veteran and just saying, you know what? I, I know what works. I don't know everything that works and I can't be responsible for that. And I'm going to, I'm going to go easy on myself. Yeah. Like, and do plus I hear you have I a pretty can. incredible evaluator and coaches. Yes. I yes. I, I do. Yours I'm blessed. Phenomenal. Blessed. Maybe the best to ever play the game. Play know? the game. Dude, you yeah. know, I got Phil Jackson. You got Phil Jackson out there. You got Steve Kerr, you know. That's it. That's it. There. That's what we need. Not not that's the Phil I mean. Jackson that's going to call you out in a press conference. So I just want to make that clear. <laughs> yeah, don't do that. <laughs> I'll be like, hey, man. All, all the teacher press conferences. Can you imagine? Like, <laughs> so teacher Kevin, press Kevin, conference. Kevin, Kevin, here, let's do one real quick. Kevin, go? Kevin. Kevin. Yes. So, yeah, yeah. You, you. Yeah. Thank you. Um, ESPN. Gerardo Munoz, uh, two dope teachers in a mic podcast. Um, so in minute 25, you went over and you helped a student solve a math que- or um, a geography question that w- was really struggling with you. Take us through that, that moment. Take um, us through you what know, was going through your mind. Basically, you know, I, I, I walked over and I realized the kid was struggling, you know, and so, you know, veteran move. I said, what's holding you up? You know, you know, and, you know, me being a vet, you know, that's, that's my go-to what's holding that's you right. up. What's going yeah. on? How can I help? You know? And the kid said, I don't know what page we're on. Cause this is a true story. Cause we're looking <laughs> at Roman numerals and, and these are very confusing. I think I was there. <laughs> I'm like, I am confused by Roman numerals as well. So we have to figure this out together. <laughs> but but once we once we figured out and I showed him the page to go to, you know, he he, he stepped into all star mode. So, uh, you know, it was a good day. And I'm just glad to be up on the mound again. <laughs> I love it. Now you do me. Do me. Do me. I want to do it. Um, all right. So, uh, Gerardo. Yes. In yes. You, in you, in um, you in the Stop Islamophobia T-shirt. Uh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Worked uh, Kevin Adams with uh, work. Woke journalism. <laughs> And uh, we, we, you know, uh, we, we stepped into your ethnic studies class and we just want to know, you know, what made you pause on your original lesson and make that shift that you did, you know, to meet the kids needs? Well, you know, um, you know, thank you for that question. Um, you know, this game is all about meeting the moment. You know what I mean? Like, you know, this is what my dad always taught me as well. My, all my coaches and mentors always taught me. You just got to meet the moment and, 
you know, there's the game that you work out in your mind and the work that you do in planning period when you're planning, when you're doing data driven planning with your with your team. And uh-huh. then sometimes circumstances um, present themselves. And, you know, I'm a professional, you know, I'm a, I, I've been a I've been a seven time all star. Um, I was MVP and I didn't get there. I didn't get there without, you know, ha- being able to adjust. But, you know, I really do just I got to thank my team. It was a team effort. Um, you know, everyone came and um, did what they needed to do. I thank God for this opportunity every day my mama. to be up in front of children. And my mom, mom, you're the real MVP. Um, Shout out. Brought me into this teaching game and in this life game. Uh, appreciate you. In the end, it's about who has more points than the other guy. That's the, like, what do we do? I'm out here That's to it. win. That's like, it. So I'm playing to win. <laughs> you know what I should have done? I should have been like Heinz Ward. And I always keep my head on a swivel. <laughs> always keep my head on a swivel. I love when they say stuff. And you're like, that makes no sense at all. <laughs> what are you talking about? They're like, yeah. Oh, well, you know, no, I just go go out there and try my hardest every time. <laughs> you know, it's just a. You know, it's why we it's why we practice. You know, this is this is go time, and uh, you know, <laughs> you know, add add whatever sports cliche. You know, yeah. back up against the wall. We had to do what we had to do. I was actually. Um, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> no. Yeah. No, I was actually there with, with the Roman numeral, um, you know, so because there are a few students who are kind of like, what is this thing? But I do here? not understand what and we are looking at. You and your uh, you and your TC were wonderfully supportive and patient and encouraging. And, you know, um, that that was cool. So Roman numerals. Roman numerals get you all the time. Well, and and I mean, like even a lot of our high schoolers don't know Roman numerals because we don't teach them anymore, which makes me think like, why did we teach them in the first, the first place? place? Like, I didn't it's, really understand. It's like telling time, right? Now we have this whole generation of kids who are like, mister, Man, I can't read the clock. clock. I yeah. can't read the clock. I don't know what time well, it still- is. They still teach that in elementary, so I don't know. Uh, yeah, our, my kids did it. I, I I just think it was like it's such a lesson that they're like, yeah, I'm over that. I figured it out. Now I yeah, moved on. It's like I don't need to worry. I've got it. it. It's on here. It tells me the exact numbers right on this device. Um, we're gonna we're gonna close with this last segment. Um, so we've got these competing factors of this push to return to normalcy. Versus the fact that we're definitely, things definitely aren't normal. And, um, and a commitment that we saw in a lot of different spaces, not just mm-hmm. in districts, but across social media, across the kind of educate, as it were, um, about not going back to normal. We're never going back to normal. What are we going to build that's new? I feel like that debate has become increasingly frustrating, don't you? I mean, I think it's, it's very clear like that there, yeah, I could, it's a very frustrating debate nowadays. And I feel like there is a, a desire and a willingness to just go back and say, okay, we tried some stuff. We talked about stuff. And I, and I, the cynical part of me says, well, you know, last year when the, when the, the streets were on fire yeah. and people were out in the streets and demanding that black lives matter. Yeah. And, and we're talking about, you know, the and industrial education complex and white supremacist culture. And I feel like in a way we've, we've kind of said, okay, well, that's past. That moment has passed, which is what right. I always worried about. Yeah. And, and now we're going to go back to practices 
that are going to continue to marginalize and harm kids. And we're going to say, you know, learning loss and a gap and that we've got to make it up and that these kids are so far behind and, 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 you know, mental health, social, emotional needs were important, but we got to make sure that they get adequate growth. Right. Which to me leads us all back to that path that we were on that we, we all, I felt like we're in agreement that, something needed to change. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. I'm with you on that. And, and I think it's interesting because, um, you know, when I was at space camp, um, one of, I had a really interesting conversation with our friend, uh, LaShonda Garrison, the, uh, Dodia teacher of the year for 2021. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about what scars represent, right. Yeah. That scars represent healing, that there was a wound that closed and healed and it regenerated you're always going to know that the wound happened mm-hmm. um but if you take care of you if you clean it up if you're attentive to it you stay off of it like whatever it is that you'll have a scar and you and and you'll be able to function as previously just with a scar and that's what i kind of feel like has been lost in this whole conversation of the return to normal um has been that there were that harm was done in community. So whether we're talking about the continued violent assault on black lives that, that has not even paused since the uprisings last summer, mm-hmm. um, now two summers ago, um, or whether you're talking about the, the damage wrought by COVID, the family members who are lost, the people with chronic conditions that will always have these conditions. We've not even talked about healing at all. We're not letting the scar tissue form. We're not letting ourselves go through a process that will make for the most healing scenario possible. And I, I was in a, um, I was in a Zoom with the Secretary of Education. I raised that point um, because he wanted to talk about how do we get kids to vaccinate. Like that was the question, and I'm kind of like, how can we talk about this and not talk about any of the other things that mm-hmm. that are attached to this? And so. Um, so that's been really, that's been really tough for me because, you know, I feel like there's a lack of clarity across the system. I don't, I'm I'm not talking about our building, but across the system about what should we be doing and what should we not be doing? And what do we do if things get real bad? And it looks like they actually have gotten pretty bad and, you know, hospital, um, intensive care units across the country are filling up. And um, I, I worry that we don't have it in us to do what's needed as a society. Like, there are a few of us who will be like, don't you think that maybe we need to quarantine for a little bit? Like, um, and even teachers I know, even me, like, yep. will feel like, I don't want to do remote again. Like, that was brutal, you know, trying to trying to be there for kids in a remote scenario, but I, I, I don't know if it's in our DNA to go back. No, like that, that, that is the question. It's, 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 what are we willing to do? Right. And, and I think if we still continue to say our values are, you know, what will keep the system rolling. Right. And yeah. so like, I think the big motivation was like, well, we have to have kids in school. Why? Because pe- we need workers, right? And it goes back. It's like, we need these people to be able to go to work and yeah. not have to worry about their children, yeah. you know? And, and 
and meet that need. But in that desire, we're not saying like, what are we going to do to meet the needs of the children when they're back so that this is valuable for them so that they get what they need in a positive way. That's not oppressive, you know? And I think for me also, like some of it's internal, it's like, how do I really commit to abolitionist practices in my classroom? Yeah. And how does that really look, you know, versus, and I think this is always, the struggle with critical pedagogy, with with abolitionist practices, it's like, well, what does it look like in reality, right? Or, and how do I how do I bring my kids in, and have them maintain safety in a way that recognize their dignity as humans and agents of change in their own life, with the ability to be in control, right? Yep. Like, I, how do we build that process? And I think you know, especially for me with sixth graders. But even with my 10th graders, how do I and my seventh graders, how do I create a world or a space where they can be free to be themselves, make their own decisions, have the opportunity to make mistakes? Because we know that that's part of it all. And 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 have that 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 ultimate freedom, like you were talking about that student who said, you know, I was I was in charge of my life. How do we how do we create that experience for students versus like saying, nope. We're just going to control. Yep. We're going to control and we're going to be, we're going to control and you are going to comply and we're going to get back to all these things. Yeah. One of the things that we talked about was, you know, there's a, there's an entire system that seems to be lurching in the direction of what it thinks is normal. And, you know, there, there are going to be things that, and, and we're going to play a part in that. Like, I feel like I've definitely, found my abolitionist metal tested these last mm-hmm. couple of weeks mm-hmm. because all of those other pressures, like when you're, that's the other thing, when you're in your house teaching remotely, you don't have the pressure of other, you don't know what's happening in other classrooms and you don't have the pressure to fall in line with what other people are doing. And, you know, which I think is a really important factor in, in what our kids experience. And maybe that's a topic for another show, but the, but the way I kind of am, seeing it is that I get caught up in the, uh Oh, like these kids ain't acting right. I need to make sure that they act right. And I need to get mad at them when they don't. And like that kind of thing. But it's, you know, we talked about the importance of naming that, which we will not go back to. Right. And so um, I'm going to go first. And then you, and you say something that you're not going back to because as you were talking about maintaining abolitionist um, practices, the thought occurred to me that, well, if it's easy, it ain't abolitionist. That's right. right? That's right. Because what we're doing is we're actually working in the direction of really creating something that works for all kids and communities, you know? And so for me, the thing I'm never going back to, and I'd stopped doing this, I'd stopped doing this shortly before the pandemic. Uh, I'm not going back to marking kids off for turning things in late. Oof. I'm not, I'm not going back to that. Um, and I know that there are ungrading practices that can support that, but I'm just, that's just not something that I'm going back to. Um, because as I sort of, as I see, and, and when you, that, that's the interesting thing, when you build trust with students, Um, And I wouldn't, I won't pretend to have built trust with every student I have, but the students that I have built trust with, 
feel like they can talk to me. They can come to me and say, there was a death in my family. They can come to me and say, the lights got cut off at my house and I could not get online to do my work. They will come to me and say, I am responsible for getting a sibling from school like 20 minutes after we get out. So I can't stay after school to do work. Mm -hmm. And all of those are data points that I can use when I teach that student. So, um, so I, I'm just not going back to penalizing kids for late work. I love that. I love that. And it's a simple thing, but it's kind of one of those things where it's like, no, I'm just not going to count you late. And you know, I not now, if it, when it comes to your proficiency, I'm going to be really, um, honest with you on that, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. you know, I'm, but you know, if you're going to do the work, I'm going to support and it. Take it. I'm going yep. to take it. I love that. Um, you know, I think one thing that I am not going back to is, is I don't want to go back to where like I hoard all the power in my classroom. Mm. Like I, I don't want to power hoard. I want to make sure that like, that it is a collective endeavor, you yeah. know? And I think it's so easy to, to hoard all the power as the teacher and be like, this is where we're going. And I think I've learned this from you, you know, in that practice of, of relinquish. And I've always had a desire to do it, but, you know, I want to continue to relinquish power, to be willing to, to allow, even if I have, you know, my greatest plan to, to let that go out the window yeah. because, we're driving in a car together and someone might say, Hey, look at, I think that's an ice cream stand. Let's drive to the ice cream stand. Okay. Like we're yeah. still on a journey, right? But we're all yeah. in this car together. And if we found a good ice cream stand, we found a good ice cream stand. We're honor bound to get ice cream. Like that's it. we're honor bound. If that's it's good it. Ice cream. And that's no, and a I journey. Think, that's a journey. Like it's what I, what I hear from you is like honoring that journey as well as a destination. Like we do, we want to get somewhere. And then in high school, it's about, getting to your credits and getting to your your access to being a free person you know yeah um with younger students it it it, freedom looks different it's set up differently it's taught differently Mm -hmm. and i i would be lying to you if i said that i figured out how to do that but um but i but i love that man i love that because i think that especially now when, when in a very real way, we're facing challenges that are our next level that none of us has ever had to face. Um, We kind of need each other. Like it's kind of hard for one person to um, be an expert. And I know there's a lot of people publishing books and they're the experts on how to get through a pandemic, but you know, I I somehow think that they're going to fall short because they have as much experience with this as I do. That's right. That's right. Here for it. Yo, that was fun. Good that connect. Good it is. I, I miss you. Like I said. Yeah. Well, we got, you know, we got, we got a Chicago style hot dog date this week. So that's it. That's, that's going to be cool. We're that's going to be gonna, good. Going to kick it and chill and, um, and just chop it up. Like we always do. Um, don't be afraid to jump in and chop up the conversation with us through social media on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at two dope teachers. You can support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash teachers. You can email us if you just got something you want to say to us, teachers at gmail.com. And we, you know, we just, we know that uh, things have been real hard right now. We know that 
um, abolitionist practices is really hard right now. We know that some of y'all are minute to minute, class period to class period. That's not right. sure if you're gonna get to the next step. Um, but you know what these people are, Kev? Yes. These people what are dope. They are dope. They're dope. They are dope. How should because they, they stay? They, oh, they no, should, they, they just maintain in the face of like, what seems impossible at times. That's right. You know, and that's what I love about my, my teacher squad, the teacher gang, is that, you know, we, we uh, to quote Talib and uh, KDOT, we push through. We push right. through. We push through. We push you through. Know? And, you know, to, to quote uh, my favorite philosopher, Jay-Z, you know, difficult takes a day, impossible takes a week. That's you it. Know, and especially if we work in community. So, Kev, if they're dope, how should they stay? They should stay 100% completely dope. Y'all got that. Stay 100% completely dope. For Kevin Adams, I am Gerardo Munoz. Thank you for listening to our season premiere for season six. We will catch you on the next one.